Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I am your host, Mike Luke, joined by the Sage of Saguaro, the great William Brad Alice, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. Jacob was upset this morning. He is no longer upset, but he will not be making a uh, guest appearance today. Hello, William. How you doing, man? Not too bad, Mike. How are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say your here. eye looks a little better. I is better. The swelling's down. Uh, stitches are out. Got to play hockey this weekend, so uh, not too bad. That's the thing about Brad Alice. Brad Alice will break your hand with his jaw, and he will be happy about it every time that it happens right there. So you know what? That's what it is. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. We are going to talk about, guess what? Arizona basketball recruiting. Uh, hard to believe. Um Carter Bryan announces tomorrow. We're going to talk some Jamari Phillips as well, who's been killing it right now. Uh, we have not had William on since uh, the Ryan Nemhard news. Um, obviously, really tough loss for Arizona. Staff thought he was going there. Everybody in the media thought he was going there. Also shows you, too, the little bit of the uh, uh, the problems in relying on just a few offers there. And if you don't hit on one, then, well, it's a problem. Yeah, you know, and I think the the whole thing was kind of curious. I, I to put all your eggs in one basket or most of your eggs in one basket, I think is problematic. Now, I don't mind Arizona being selective, but I think they have to do kind of what Loot used to do, and that was target a small number of players, whether that's two, three, five at the same position, right. offer them all, and then kind of pit them against themselves. Right. Um, now, it has worked, not worked out for Luke sometimes. Uh, sometimes it has worked out too well. If you remember Richard Jefferson, Luke Walton, and Ricky Anderson, Ricky Anderson. All, all wanting to commit. Um, you also may remember Eddie Shannon and Kyle Cartmill, who one oh, committed. Eddie Shannon one, went to He Florida. committed, and they kind of wound up with this kid named Jason Terry. So, yeah, um, yeah. My my problem wasn't necessarily, you know, kind of the staff getting burned by by Nimhard. it's the fact that Nimhard was the only guy they were seemingly going after now i would say this why i i think that two-point guard system can work i also think i would be personally and again i'm not tommy lloyd more comfortable with a primary point guard and then either a combo guard or a two guard and a pure backup so there are some guys in the portal now who to me are not necessarily arizona starters 
but who I think could be really nice backups to to Kylan Boswell. Because I'm ready to turn the keys over to Boswell. If you're going to, in essence, and and chase away is too strong of a term, but, you know, make it clear that Kirk Kreese is going to have a limited role or a more limited role, um, then I find it curious that then you're then bringing in, you know, a secondary point guard. Here's my take. If I, and I get that Tommy Lloyd wants to be very specific about who he recruits. I get all of that. But in my opinion, in each class, look at the, excuse me, there's 75, look at the top 75 kids. You can go up or down whichever way you want. Find eight kids there at different positions that you view as being good enough to play at the University of Arizona and offer them all. And like you said, first one to commit gets that spot right there. Um, there are multiple. There are more than two or three kids in each recruiting class that would be good fits at the University of Arizona. It's on you and the coaching staff to be able to find those guys there, William. Yeah, like I, 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 I definitely like the idea of Arizona making an offer a premium, uh, making it a very big deal, um, but not so much that it handicaps your strategy. Um, you know, the one thing if you look at Ludols and Sean Miller, there was always a contingency plan, and I'm not saying there isn't for Tommy Lloyd, um, but usually, if you lose a guy, you quickly. Already, and I, I give you—I forget now who Miller lost, but he was super quick to re-offer Gabe York. Mm-hmm. Um, How about this? The best example I can give you: you lose T.J. Leaf. Guess what? Lowry Markinen. Week two or like two weeks later, right there. Yeah, um, you know, and, and again, there. And I've seen Howie. How can you be, uh, you know, snookered by the family? If they, and that's a strong word. But look, it happens all the time. The, the the difference is sometimes it happens with the decommit. Um, you know, again, I'm going to age myself here. Rick Rickard commits to Arizona. Dad won't let, Arizona come on. won't let Arizona come. Uh, there's been other guys who are privately committed. Um, I know there were some guys, again, if you listen to, to certain people close to the program, who committed on visits during the early days of the Sean Miller program. But as soon as they went to Kansas or Kentucky, they recommit, they committed those programs, but Arizona was quick to have a contingency plan. And that's what we're going to find out. And again, just because it's stuff, is not super public. We know that Arizona had a contingency plan or two. If two Bellis went pro, um, you know, there is uh, uh, the, the kid from Tennessee. There's a, a, a supposedly an overseas kid or two, but I think what happened is when you're trust a family that you have a good relationship and either, they pitted you against Gonzaga or just changed their mind. Uh, right. it, it, it stings. And it stings because, again, this isn't the case, and I know a lot of people like to – this isn't just the case of Jason Shear getting it wrong. This is, what, five or six national guys? Jeff Goodman, everybody at 24-7, uh, uh, Aaron uh, Torres. Yeah, I you name on, it, everybody got it wrong. On three guys got it wrong. Why? Because word leaks out, and again, it – from the family, from close to the staff, that the kids all but committed or privately committed and uh, secret commit and things change. Um, Again, that has happened more times than most fans know. And again, it it happened to Loot. Guys would, again, it happened to Miller. It's happened to Lloyd. And uh, it'll happen again. Now, again, then you have to have the contingency plan ready. Um, you know, you, you you lose a big in the preseason. You you got you got to have Ivan Rodinovich on hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, again, um, Gabe York was a fallback recruit. Um, 
Jason Terry was a fallback recruit. Uh, in some ways, Gilbert Arenas was a fallback recruit because teams made a late push for Jason Gardner. Right. Um, and and they would have put Gil at the at, at the Jimmy at the one. Haywood. Yeah. Just uh, reference right there. Now you might look at Brad Alice and say, Brad Alice, you got a shiner under your eyes, and that's because Brad Alice is a tough guy. Now you might say to yourself, what could help Brad Alice with this? Thanks for asking. Oh, geez. Here's the deal with OGs. You got all kinds of great flavors. You got uh, uh, great THC to CBN, uh, to, uh, CBN ratios right there. Strawberries and cream, one-to-one ratio, rebanded as happy balance. Find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com. You must be 21 years or up to enjoy responsibly. Again, if you're like William Brad Allison, you're in pain or you need to sleep, they can help you. If you're like Jacob Franklin and you're already cool, but you want to feel even cooler, they can help you as well. Check it out. OGs right there again. And tap and bottle. The tap and bottle watch parties. Now, William Brad Alice has been to these parties. Um, Tailgate Nate Rady, our guy, has been to these parties as well. Matt Muehlbach, you name it. The A-list celebrities come out to these. Check it out. Scott and Rebecca, as you know, great job downtown and on the Northwest location. We will be back uh, doing these again here soon. And if you just want to see me, you might be able to see me down there from time to time as well. Again, check it out. Tap and bottle. Okay. Now, um, let's talk about – let's talk, talk – TLN right. TLN right here. Tommy's are out now. I'm not going to say as someone who is very close to Tommy, I can confirm that Arizona will get Olivier, Trey White, Calmisi, Carter, Zoom and Don. And that's not just it. There's probably more. But we need to talk about Carter Bryant. Um, if Arizona now, Jacob Franklin, the esteemed Jacob Franklin was talking about saying, how sure are you that Arizona is going to get Carter Bryant, Mike? I will give up if Arizona doesn't get Carter Bryant, and I will blame Jacob Franklin in the process. This is a look, but honestly, this is a must get for Tommy Lloyd. You put all your eggs in this basket right here for 2024. He's an uber elite recruit. You got to be able to get him, William. Yeah, and it's important for for a number of reasons. One, yeah, he's the best, one of the best players in that class. He's at a position of need for Arizona, and again, he is coming at a time when Arizona has missed on not just the the Neymar, but going back uh, uh, to the guys that that Oregon was able to get late in the process. Right. Um, Now, again, Carter Bryant has long been an Arizona lean, but Louisville is pulling out all the stops. Uh, This is, I think, a test of not only the staff's recruiting ability, but, but of the NIL system in place. And again, I am... Not a fan at all of school sponsors NIL mm-hmm. Be- to, because it's not NIL. NIL is name and likeness. Name and likeness means you go out and market yourself. And that's how right. I think it should work. Um, I think you should be able to have an agent. I think you should be able to have a business manager. I don't think schools should collect a pool of money and divot it out like they are. That's not name and likeness. That's not what it says it is. If you want to pay to play, let's pay to play and let's come up with salary cap. Um, that being said, this is a test for it. It's the system we have in place. If, if, because, because I can tell you that Louisville has some deep pocketed boosters, um, not quite to the level of their their in state mates at Kentucky, but they're they're pretty deep. So, this is again a test for what Arizona has put in place. Uh, this is a really can a kind of a race of black eye, and I think nationally Arizona race a race of black eye. Get it from the man with the black eye. Actually, technically, I got two. I got one on the other side too from it's, from something it's sexy. Else, but, it looks good. 
you know, it's still not as bad as the tooth out of the root canal on on Monday, uh, last Monday. But um, yeah, Arizona needs to kind of have a, a recruiting win. And again, they're not done. Um, right now, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, they have seven scholarship guys. Right. Um, they need to add at least four. Uh, again, for me, I think they need a true wing. I think they need a shooting guard. I think they need a backup point guard. And they probably need another big. Um, again, I don't need a bunch of star, you know, stars, but I need at least one. Right. Uh, one guy who can carry the load. Now, Carter Bryant doesn't help this year, but moving into the next year, then you have an, another key piece, a guy who, at least in theory, should be able to step in right away and, and, and contribute, if not star. Jacob Franklin, can you pull up the Carter Bryant highlights here when you get a minute? Again, we're going to keep playing these. I will be getting you more highlights uh, this coming week because I will be at the EYBL. But when you watch him right here, like you said, you look at it, or like we said, he's long. You can tell he's got a really good feel for the game right there. You look at the pull-up right there, how he's able to get there, how he's able to maneuver. Again, I'm going to keep using the uh, comparison. I like the Jason I like the Jason Tatum comparison a great deal right there in that he's uber-skilled. Um, he's, uh, he's not a next level athlete, but he's good enough. He's all the six foot eight. He's smooth. This is the kind of guy that we kind of took for granted to a certain extent. Sean Miller used to always get top five kids. Um, we're going to get to that, uh, uh, question here in a second here, but again, got to be able to get him. And if Arizona gets him, it definitely lightens the blow a little bit of Ryan Nemhard there, William. Yeah. Again, um, what I'm so impressed about Carter Bryant, and he's going to look even different. He's already got a pretty mature build. He's not scrawny. He's, um, you know, looks like he has been in a weight room. Uh, see, now Mr. Burns there puts me to, I won two hockey games and my son's team won after I did this thing. So now I've got to black my eyes either way. I got, I told people looks I'd, good. Get punched, I'd get punched in the face if they won and then the kids upset their rival. So I don't know. But, um, yeah, he's you know he's a big kid. He's a strong kid. He's an athletic-ish kid. Again, not Ben Matherin, Leatherwell athlete, um, but he's going to come in more skilled than Matherin was at this stage too. So he's an exciting prospect, and um, you know he's again. You don't. I don't want to see Arizona put five of these guys in every class again, like they tried under Miller. And then the problem is they all go pro or. Uh, if they don't work out, you have other problems because they've had. Right. You know, had a couple five star kids who probably should have been five star kids, but you do need to mix in one or two per class. Um, and I kind of like you know the fact that that Arizona had, I think has has had a nice interesting strategy where they've gone with either four and a half five star kids who aren't pro ready or may never quite have the pro build like a Boswell. I'm not sure Carter Bryant's one and done. He probably could be, but you know, again, that lack of top level athleticism may make him like a two year guy to, to hone we'll his take game. It. But then you also mix in a guy like KJ Lewis, who while not in the top hundred right now, and I think that's kind of a mistake, um, is a guy who has a great amount of upside. Again, who appears to be a two or three year guy, a guy who frankly, I'm not sure if Sean Miller would have recruited. But Luke would have, I think. I, he's definitely a Luke-type recruit right there, where he plays maybe seven, eight minutes a game as a freshman. Next year, he's kind of in that 16, 17-minute realm. And then by the time he's a junior, he's on NBA radars. 
Yeah, and, and you know, uh, kind of like we thought Terry was going to be. Um, Terry right. just, you know, blew up a, a, in, in year two. But, um, no, I think that's the kind of guy you want to bring in because I think he can contribute in a limited role right away. He's not, again, ready to push for a starting job. And if he is, fantastic because Arizona needs it. But he's, he's a nice pickup for the program. So you have to find this balance of – Top-tier talent and then developmental talent. I want to talk to you about the coaching staff here a little bit. By the way, I don't know if you saw, but I saw Jack Murphy yesterday. I saw the video. All right. Jack Murphy, our guy, the associate head coach at the University of Arizona. Great dude. As I'm driving by him on 6th Street, I yell out, hey, Murph, back the A. And he says, back the A, Mike Luke. That's the kind of character that Jack Murphy has right there. And we're going to make that the short for this episode right here, Jacob Franklin, because I like Jack Murphy a great deal. Um, but I want this staff with Lute's staffs. I always knew what everybody was doing. Like, let's just look at the championship team right there. Uh, Ninety-seven. Jesse Evans was a lead recruiter right there. He was that. He was that dude, and everybody kind of knew that Jesse Evans was going to be getting a head coaching job at some point. Roz was always going to be Lute's right hand man. Wasn't really a recruiter. But he was with he was with Lute. He was kind of connected at the hip right there. Phil Johnson, little bit of everything right there. Um, I knew what I don't know what this staff does. And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I know that Murph works his butt off right there. We like Murph a great deal right there. But I don't know what Steve Robinson does um, from a recruiting perspective. I'm not sure about Foy either. And my thing is, if you're going to have a very limited approach to recruiting, you've got to have all three coaches, in my opinion, that are actually, that are out there recruiting in a big way, Brad. Yeah, you, you need, there's, there's no one way to do it. And again, my gut feeling is what they like to do is have Murph as the, as the Jesse Evans type, as the Rodney tension type, mm-hmm. The pound the streets, know everyone, know every connection. Um, interesting story. Uh, Let's hear it. Rodney basically discovered Gilbert Arenas through his mm-hmm. connections in L.A. Uh, Rodney then goes on to LMU and is obviously recruiting a different type of athlete. I gotta say hi to Rodney. I, you know, I knew Rodney fairly well. We're at, uh, I think it was the pump camp back when that was a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And... Young assistant comes up and goes, hey, I, I really want to thank you. I really trust your evaluation. I know you're the guy who discovered Gilbert Arenas. He's like, you may not remember, but, uh, you know, when you were at LMU, um, you know, I asked you, who's a guy you wish you could recruit, but but just not big enough? And he's like, I, you know, and Rodney's like, I, I don't remember that conversation. Sorry. And he's like, you told me about this kid named Russell Westbrook. And he's like, we got in on him. And then UCLA got in on him. So, yeah, that's the kind of guy. Because remember, Westbrook was not a big-time recruit until the very end of the process. So that's the kind of guy. And I think Murph is that kind of guy. Um, Murph is a different kind of personality than Rodney. Rodney was a very very dynamic. Could go in and be uh, as, as street as he needed to be or as articulate as he needed to be and somewhere in between. Murph is very meat and potatoes. Yeah, and Murph sells basketball, and Murph is a good salesman. I would hope that Steve Robinson is connected. Much like Roz was not a go-to event, and in fact, they oftentimes sent grad assistant Murph to recruit when they didn't have enough guys on the road instead of Roz. But Roz could pick up the phone and call 100 high school coaches looking for a guy. The only recruit Um, that I remember that Roz actually prioritized was Travis Wilson. 
Yeah, and that was in many ways trying to open some other doors in the Midwest that later kind of eh, kind of worked, kind of didn't. Um, but he was a guy who could get on the phone and in 10 minutes have 10 names you didn't know about. I'm hoping with his connections, Robinson can do that. I've been told Robinson is very good once you get the kids close to the program. Sells the right. mom, sells dad, sells the AAU coach. I'm hoping that Foy is the guy with the international ties who can, along with Murph and Lloyd, pick up the phone, call that coach at the 17 under team in Barcelona and figure out who's got, you know, who, who's looking to come to America. Right. But we don't know that. Uh, what we do know is we know that Tommy Lloyd's a grinder and Murph is a grinder. Um, I need if, grinders though. I need grinders. You probably need two per staff. That's not the head coach. Right. Um, you know, if you look under Miller, Book was obviously that guy for all his faults. Um, Archie was that guy. Pasternak. Uh, Pasternak was that guy. Now, Pasternak could also, again, pick up the phone and call 100 coaches all over the country because he had ties everywhere, southeast. Um, so, again, I don't know if Foy and Robinson are those guys or not. And if they're not, then you might have to weigh how important – because they're both good player development guys, but do you have to – you know, maybe switch some roles around and move one of the two into, for lack of a better word, the front office. Because my guess is if you deploy Jason Gardner, he's going to grind because he was as a player. Right. Um, or maybe there's someone, you know. So, again, I think, yeah, I think not only the philosophy of the staff might need to change. But we also maybe I don't want to see them overreact and overcourse correct because of uh, one really rough recruitment with Nimhart. Right. All right. Now you you might say to yourself, man, I wish I could root for football teams like William Brad Alice, Kansas City Chiefs, probably in the middle of a dynasty right now, but not everybody can. Four Peaks Brewery, though, you can show up there. That's the best place to take in the NFL draft on April 27th at Four Peaks, 8th Street Pub. Register for free in the uh, link in the show notes to take advantage of beer specials. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. I would choose Will Anderson if I had to keep that pick, but I would try to trade that pick. Jacob Franklin, who do you hope that they choose? I'm curious about this. This is our way of getting Jacob onto the stream, but I don't think he's going to come. All right. Either way, check it out. He'll be there. You can't miss him. He's about seven foot two. But again, the uh, check it out. Four Peaks. It's not. It's the official brew of PHNX, but it's also the official name of the U of A big men right there. Now, if we could pull up, Dedon Thomas is a name too that Arizona is pri- is recruiting. Uh, Jacob, I believe we have some highlights from him from last summer. If we do, all right. This is the this was a loot type recruit right here, Brad. This was the guy that. He's a two- or three-year player. He's got a little bit – I mean, he's not Damon, obviously, but he's a lefty. He can kind of get to where he wants on the court. Um, I don't think that he's probably going to come to Arizona, but they are recruiting him very hard. Um, his father is a legacy. was the all-time leading assist guy at UNLV. Um, and uh, he's he's been to Arizona before. I plans on visiting again. You'd love to get a kid like that right there. And Arizona's recruiting him. Uh, what do you think? If they can get him, great. You know, especially if the fact that he might be a mid-year transfer, although, again, it's really hard to get mid-year transfers into the fold quickly. Um, Again, I think it's going to be a tough – and now, again, this just, again, shows you how the – as much as the landscape has changed, it really hasn't changed much at all. Um, UNLV has some things they can offer kids. 
And if you remember, it seems like every four or five years, Arizona would lose a kid to UNLV. And we're not talking the classic UNLV teams. Right. We're talking, um, you know, uh, fifth place in the Mountain West UNLV teams. But, they, right. you know, they, they lost out Kevin on... Kevin Kruger UNLV teams. Yeah, but they lost out on Zimmerman. They lost out on... Who, who was the other big who um, went pro a year too early, too? But um, Christian Wood? He went no, there. He went there too. But I, no, there's a guy. It was one of those guys. They finished first and second for. Um, so that Anthony happens. Bennett, Anthony Bennett, first pick in the draft. Anthony Bennett. That's not what I think. It, it was later. It was Miller era. It was after Zimmerman. Big, big mobile athletic big who went pro and then didn't get drafted and, and playing overseas now. But the point is, UNLV is always able to come up, and there's always a selling point. Whether it's I want to live in Vegas, whether it's uh, fifty dollar handshakes. Now it's nil money, and while they don't have the boosters that they used to, there's still enough money floating around. And then when you're also uh, you know, a legacy recruit that, that helps as well. But if Arizona can get him, that'd be a big, another again, another big get. Um, you know, I think uh, the kid just decommitted, the four-star kid just decommitted from Auburn. Uh, We're going to bring him up. Yeah. LeBaron, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something here. Talk about uh, when I first saw the name, I thought it was LeBaron Feline. And I'm thinking Wildcat Feline. What a great fit that would be right there. It's not LeBaron Feline, obviously. But again, like you said, that would be a great kid right there for Arizona to get. Because again, that's what you're going to. So so what Arizona is doing right now is they're looking at the transfer portal. It's a little bleak. But what they're really doing is they're looking for decommits. Because again, the uncommitted seniors are pretty bleak. And then they're waiting for the kids to pull their names out of the draft. And saying, oh, okay, I've pulled my name out of the draft, but I don't want to go back to that school. I want a better opportunity to showcase, you know, whether that's a mid-major, a low-major, or even a guy, you know, at a high-major who thinks he can just, you know, improve. Or or maybe, you know, in some cases, you can have a kid who's living in City A and wants to move to Tucson, Arizona. Right. But there is about what, you know, there's, there's, what, a couple weeks left for kids to pull their names out. There are going to be kids decommitting. And I think more than ever because of, A, transfers, and suddenly, wait, I thought I was in line for that, you know, to at least be in the in the seven-man rotation, and now you're saying I'm, I'm, I'm going to play four minutes a game? Or, wait, who got how much NIL money? I didn't right. get that much from Auburn. And I'm not saying it's either of these, but there's going to be more kids than ever, again, not only transfer portaling, but decommitting and Arizona has got to be ready to act. Because again, if you look at Sean Miller built his program on one of these situations where three kids decommitted from uh, USC. Good call right here. Great call. We our listener or our uh, listener Brandon McCoy. Much, there you go. Much smarter than we are. And we appreciate the input right there. Brandon McCoy. Great call. Go ahead there, William. Sorry again. And Brandon McCoy should have stayed two more years and been yeah. a second round draft pick. Um, but so, yeah, so it's a different landscape, but it's not, also, because, again, all the great coaches have these contingency plans. And you got to believe that even though guys are in the draft or guys are still currently committed but might be decommitting that if Arizona is doing their homework, and I believe they are, that Arizona knows the landscape. They know if player A doesn't get the eval uh, from from NBA coaches, he not only is putting his name back in college, but he doesn't want to go to his school. Do you think Zoo's or, on an NBA roster next year? I don't. No, no. Could he be on a G League roster? Yeah, I think more than likely someone's. I think he'll get drafted in the second. And I think he'll get stashed. 
Right. Yeah. I'm kind um, of in this, I'm kind yeah. of the uh, same way. So. Hey, Mike, can you enable captions? Jacob Franklin, what does this mean? Uh, it doesn't sound like it. Jacob Franklin says no, and I'm going to side with Jacob Franklin on whatever Jacob Franklin says. Um, now, uh, <laughs> oh, no, first, though, illegal Pete's. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, Legal Pete's, that's a pretty cool place. It's not just here in Tucson, although Tucson is the cooler location, but they're both cool. Here's the deal. You can uh, go there. You can grab a burrito. You can go there and uh, watch uh, whatever you want. All kinds of good stuff. Happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. Illegal Pete's delicious ingredients and customizable uh, options are the perfect way to treat your guests to a culinary adventure they will never forget. To book your catering order, head to catering.illegalpeats.com. Illegal Pete's, your go-to for beer, burritos, and buddies right there. Check it out, Illegal Pete's and Mountain Mike's Pizza. Mountain Mike's Pizza. Now... Best thing I can say about Mountain Mike's Pizza is this. It's everywhere, and it's good. William Brad Alice has been there. He's taken the munchkins with him to Mountain Mike's Pizza. He had a good time. I was at Mountain Mike's Pizza in Sacramento as well. It's everywhere. It's a staple of the West Coast. Check it out. Uh, check out the locations in Tucson, Phoenix, or, heck, even in Sacramento right there. So, again, uh, Mountain Mike's Pizza, very, very good stuff. Um, all right, now. Jamari Phillips, we talked about him a great deal yesterday. He's kind of been lost in translation in all of this uh, right here. This was a really, really good get for the University of Arizona. We will have some highlights of him after this week. I guarantee you that right there. But six foot four. This is a kid that feels kind of like he'd be a loot recruit. Six foot four um, can handle, can shoot. A little bit like Bryant in that he's not a next-level athlete, but he's a B-plus athlete, which is more than good enough. Projects as an NBA-type guy. Um, he's been blowing up in the EYBL circuit. I'm excited to see what he can do here, and I think he's at a very underrated get for Tommy Lloyd and Steph. Yeah, he was a guy who was, again, credit their evaluation skills, a little underrated when, when Arizona went after him. Again, he, he was still rated pretty highly. But again, he is showing what the staff really liked about him. He has made strides, as you hope a kid would between his sophomore and uh, junior years and junior and senior years, um, those those springs and summers. But yeah, he's, he's, he's a talented athlete. Again, not... A surefire one-and-done guy looks to be a multi-year guy, which would really help, again, the program. I think that's you know that, that seems to be kind of the wave of the future now, again, um, as we're seeing more and more teams making deep runs who have older rosters, um, whether that was, you know, the, the, the teams this year, San Diego State and, and, and the like. Or, well, we can, or we've got a cool graphic. Jacob Franklin, can you pull up the graphic that we've used from the Sweet 16 Elite Eight teams with some of these older grad transfers right here. This will prove Brad Alice's point. Look at these guys. They're all older and they're all good. Yeah, and if you, again, look at how Miami has built themselves and, and look at the struggles Kentucky has had of late. Yep. Um, you know, it took Duke three quarters of the season to, 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 to really round into shape. Um, if you, again, with NIL money, now you're getting a lot of guys who would have gone pro so they could get that you know, 80K, 100K a year in the in a third-tier foreign league staying in school. Right. Um, you're even getting guys who, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe I can get that two-way contract. Well, two-way contract, if you're mostly in the in the G League or whatever it is now, the D League, um, 
you're making less than most guys are going to make off uh, NIL. Right. Um, you know, from an Arizona perspective, in the modern age of NIL, I don't think Nick Johnson goes early. Right. Um, I don't think – I'm not even sure Gill goes early, um, or at least for a year. So different – you know, obviously very different landscape, different time and, and place. But, I mean, could you imagine how many commercials Nick Johnson would have been on? Oh, seriously. Or Gilbert Arenas. I mean, just talk about that that personality with the way that uh, he's been able to, uh, you know, market that. Oh, he'd make a ton of money. So, um, yeah, so I think it's going to be very interesting. But this is, I think, what you have to do. You have to find this balance of young talent who wants to come in, wants to develop, wants to stick around, um, and frankly, won't bail too early. Um you know, assuming no one else leaves the program, you're seeing very patient guys in Dylan Anderson in uh, Philly B. Um, All right, I need to, I need to, I need to say something about Philly B. I've been putting, I put this out on Twitter a few times. I said I would go after Trey White like there was no tomorrow. Uh, the kid from USC, and I've had multiple people ask me, "Well, are you worried about running off Philly B?" The answer is no. Because I have no clue if Philly B is good. He could be great. He could maybe not be great. But I know that Trey White is good and I need good players. So I'm not worried about Philly B. No. You you don't recruit over a sure thing. Right. Unless your sure thing is better than the, the, the guy you're recruiting over is better. Right. Um, I remember a lot of people, again, this is, is really dating me who were horrified that Arizona was recruiting Mustafa Shakur when you already had Chris Rogers. Now, well, and, and actually, in hindsight, Shakur sucked. Yeah, but so did Rogers. That's true. Um, but, you know, they were people were horrified that you're, you know, that I still remember people were upset Arizona recruited Jared Bayless over Nick because Nick Wise is coming in. Uh, or I'm like, well, that's just all, stupid. Yes, but. Yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if you were going to scare off Kylan Boswell. Or let's say Tabellus was coming back and you scared him off. But if you lose Philly B or Dylan Anderson, or, or frankly, as much as you need him next season, Pella Larson, because you can get comparable to better talent, let's you got to do it. Let's talk about Pella, because as we always talk about, our listeners are much smarter than me. Maybe not Brad, but they're smarter than me. And this is a great point right here by Tyler Leo. Pella to me, I know what Pella is at this point. And again, my bad, Pella. People can, uh, I was wrong on Pella. So I always need to preface that. I thought he was useless. He's, he's a good role player for sure. The reason though that Pella is always going to be a role player though is because two things. Pella can't dribble, um, which is always going to limit him. And the thing that he did get, and Mulebach and I were talking about this a little bit ago, is that when Mike use Michael Dickerson for an example. And again, I'm not trying to compare him to Mike D, but, and I think as Schuster, I think made this point, you might know, uh, you might know of John Schuster as well. Um, but uh, Schuster said, Mike, Michael Dickerson between his sophomore and junior year, they spent the entire off season having him come off screens, having him come off curls, learning how to raise up and shoot. And you were right on the ground for all that. As you know, Pella can't really do that because Pella's got a very slow release and he shoots a set shot which kind of negates the bounce that he has in his shot. And that to me has always baffled me a little bit. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, again, you're comp comparing apples to pears. Sure, they're kind of similar, but they're really different. Um, 
you know, are you saying that? Wait a second. Are you saying that it's not fair to compare Pella Larson to Michael Dickerson? Is that what you're saying? Not completely. Again, they're both wings. They both do some of the same things, but they're both six five. Dickerson was a was an elite NBA athlete, Um, so you can teach him to rise up on his shot. I mean, frankly, the better comparison might be Miles Simon, who wasn't the athlete that Dickerson was who had a more unconventional shot, which is what cost him an NBA career. Um, he was never able to learn to purely rise up with that high release point. By the time Dickerson left, his shot was pure. I mean, his shot was beautiful. Um, Simon's never was. Simon had that weird little hitchy. Um, now, again, Simon has testicular fortitude that Pella lacks. He's a better athlete than Pella, but he wasn't an elite athlete. He was just a really, really good basketball player. Um, And he was a killer. I mean, he was the closest thing that Arizona had. Everybody always talks about, and as they should, the Michael Jordan, you know, mentality. I'm just going to will you. There has never been anybody that had that more in spades than Miles Simon at the University of Arizona. Yeah, and the two of the guys who are close were on that team with them in, in Bibby and Terry, because Dickerson wasn't either. Dickerson was a little, you know, as we saw, he could melt down in some games. But again, it, so it's, it's not fair to compare Pella from a, an athletic standpoint. But yeah, you hope that over the course of this year, he can continue to improve and, and work on the handle. It's never going to be elite and, and improve the shot. What I really want, again, and again, I don't know if you can teach this is there are times he needs to be aggressive and go to the hole and again is not an elite ball handler but he's a competent ball handler because we've seen him go to the hole at times but he always seems to go to the hole with eight minutes left to put arizona up by eight but rarely does he go to the hole with two minutes left to put arizona up by one and that's again what they were sorely lacking throughout uh the tournament and the one guy who seemed willing to do that Unfortunately, it was Boswell, and Boswell was on the bench too much in that in that Princeton game, at least. So, you know, can you – in a perfect world, they'll bring in a better wing – actually, a better wing and a better shooting guard than Pella Larson. And Pella Larson will be that guy off the bench who can, you know, one game get you four, one game get you 12, one game dish out a couple of assists, uh, one game hit the is glass. His ceiling, is his impact level, and while he's different – is his impact level basically senior year Joe McClain? No, I think he could be slightly better, but not of the same impact though. Not yeah, not significant. Yeah, I mean, right. maybe yeah, yeah, so yeah, sophomore year Judd Bushler, right? <laughs> um, I mean, something like that for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, maybe senior year Corey Williams if you're really lucky, but um, you got to be. But- KJ Lewis is the other guy, though, that we got to talk about. Uh, the great Jake Fisher said, get nice athletes and teach them how to play within the offense. That's KJ Lewis right there. I think the services are missing out on KJ Lewis right now. I think that this kid has an NBA future to him. I'm incredibly enthused by him coming to Arizona. I think he was a nice get. And I think by the time he's a sophomore, I think you look at kind of a Michael, a Michael Dickerson career projection. We're going to get try to get something right here. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be Mike D. not saying that. But – Plays about six, seven minutes per game. Becomes a really valuable sixth man by the time he's a junior. He's a monster. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and, and maybe I'm overrating what I've seen because uh, you're not not being boots on the ground anymore. I've only seen video. I've read recaps. 
I think Lewis was initially overrated. Now I think he is severe. Like he's out of the top hundred. Right. And that to me, for what he's been and can do, is seems weird. Seems um, grotesque, especially since he went to the bigger school and has played against good and played well against good company. He didn't put up ridiculous numbers, but he put up really good numbers against good competition. So. Yeah, do I think I could see Lewis playing a minutes role similar to to Boswell, and then evolving? So I don't know if six or seven. I think he. I think he's probably again. It depends on the roster construction. He may be pressed into fifteen twenty minutes a game, but you know, if you tell me ten to twelve minutes, and then he's, you know, so a little bit of a poor man's Dalen Terry freshman year, and then he can be <laughs> Dalen Terry sophomore year. I'll, I'll take that in a heartbeat. All right. Now, so again, oh, William Brad Ellis, what are you doing tomorrow at 530? What are are you doing? coaching? Are you yes. playing hockey? Oh, you're coaching? Coaching. All right. I was going to ask you if you wanted to be on the live stream with us to break down Carter Bryant. But that maybe means that Jacob Franklin will have to step in there as well. Either then. that, I might be able to come on for a couple minutes beforehand. But yeah, I think he commits right about the time. I'm supposed to throw batting practice. <laughs> well, maybe you could take an injury day there, right there, William. Uh, We're going to have it. It's going to be a big show tomorrow, big popping show. And Jacob will be spiking the football in our face if Carter Bryant doesn't come here. Hey, I mean, when you could add two LSU transfers in one week, I mean. I mean, you do it when you can. All right, we got to talk a little bit of Arizona football here as well. Arizona has reached out to you are Colorado's best wide receiver right here. As everybody knows, Dion is purging the entire roster, essentially. Um, but this kid's actually good. Montana Lamonius Craig. First of all, great name. Sounds like a French composer. But Sounds like a computer-generated name or one of the guys in that Key and Peele sketch. It, it, no, it really does. The... Um, <laughs> It really, it really does. Um, but he's he's really good. he's really good. He tore it up in the spring game, and then he said he said basically, "See you later. I'm heading out." Arizona has is loaded at receiver. I'm I know you can never have too much talent. Here's my only concern here, and Jed Fish knows this a lot better than I do. But I worry about. I don't want to do anything that could possibly run off a Kevin Green or a Malachi Riley, but at the same time, I do get that you're Arizona and you take talent when you can get it. I mean, if, if the kid wants to come and I think you can easily fit him into your room. And again, I, yeah, I am more worried about losing Kevin green than Malachi. Riley. Although I think Riley's going to be a nice player, but um, I still think you, you, you need to bolster the lines. Um, I really do like the transfer from Indiana. Mm -hmm. I think that makes Arizona probably as deep in the middle interior defensive line as they've been in a long time um but i still think they probably need an offensive lineman probably need a a, a rush end so that's what i'd be prioritizing um in the in the transfer portal myself um if they're still available but it's really hard to turn away a kid like that and i find it i'm wondering if this is looking at what's going on Kyle, is this an indictment of the kids who are leaving is this an indictment of Dion the coach or is it an indictment of his kid being the quarterback and I'm not quite sure and it might be a combination because well, I get it I, I get it if you're Dion and you're going to be bringing in players I totally get that but um this kid's good this is your best wide receiver and there's three or four who look like they've entered the portal who are good yeah. Um, you know, again, it's a lot like Arizona's portal last offseason. It's not all OKGs that are leaving. 
No, it's you know, it's there are you know again. Arizona lost what fifteen guys to the portal after the season. Four of them were losses, and nine were not, or whatever. Right, Uh, and that's what this group is. But there's some legit kids in this mix, and you know, um, I think it takes an interesting. I think it does take a certain kind of player to play for a, a coach like Dion. He is not a conventional coach. He's not a Nick Saban. Um, no matter what commercials they've shared, he is a very, he's a boisterous dude. I mean, you, boisterous he's dude. Uh, you know, he's a, a lot of look at me. Um, he's a lot like he was as a football player and as a yes. football player, he could back it up to a T we'll and, find out. And there's can. a certain shtick of, and, and it might just wear on some guys. And I don't know. Right. Again, I think it was a brilliant hire by Colorado. I don't get me wrong, but I, I'm still not 100% convinced. I don't know if he's a good coach or not. Because, again, he was able to just flood that, you know, Jackson State with with talent and right. out-talent people. Um, in many ways, I it would not be dissimilar from if tomorrow LeBron got the USC job. Or better yet, LeBron got the Long Beach State job and brought in Bronny and – Right, and all that, stars. right. And ran, ran roughshod in in the uh, West. You know, what is that? The uh, the West Coast Conference, big, or are they Big West? Either way, big West, um, we don't know if they can coach because they're just loading up with, um, you know, with talent that you don't see in that league. Um, but again, the Pac-12 may be bad enough that it may not matter. Uh, Colorado might be able to tread some water until because again, I. Dion's a sharp guy. He'll figure it out. But again, I don't know what his chops really are. Okay. Now, let me tell you about Octane Raceway Mavericks right here. Jacob Franklin coming in deep, coming in big time again right here. All kinds of good stuff right here. Brad Alice, this would be a good place for you. This would be a good place for anybody with kids or a cool place for a good night, a good night out. They're going to have you at Cinco de Mayo. Great spot to show up. $5 off the two taco trios. And May 6th, UFC Sterling versus Segudo. I have a story. I actually wrestled against one of these Segudos when I was in high school, and I got absolutely annihilated. He was a uh, went off to play or went off to be an Olympian and all that. He was very, very good. It was not good film on my part. But book some fun this spring at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. Kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcade, great food and drinks, tons of different uh, uh, events throughout the summer. Check out Octane Raceway and Mavericks.com to learn more all right william i'm gonna ask you here i'm gonna go through some players because i've been uh, talking about this a lot on the show and i'm curious as to what you say i think arizona football has a lot of nfl players on this team and it feels weird saying that so again i'm gonna throw out some names right there tell me if they're an nfl player and where you see them falling right here because i've been i've been saying talking about this for quite a while now jonah savanea yeah um, well, he can't go for two more years, so uh, I think he could be a, a a top three round guy. Yep. All right. Agreed. T Mac. Uh, yeah. How far I don't know. He has to develop. Um, he has to continue to showcase because again, we've seen big time receivers, guys who put up huge numbers, go later in the draft, and we've seen guys who've caught for four hundred yards go in the first rounds. How you project, but. I have a hard time believing that that, that he's not an, uh, yeah, an NFL player. And is there potential to be a first-round type guy? Yeah, there is. 
for both those guys. And when was the last yeah. time you said that there are two guys on the roster where you're like, eh, maybe play in the first or get a first round pick? All right, Jordan Morgan. Yeah, although I'm not, and I hate to do this because he's a Miranda kid. But, I know. Um, I haven't seen the guy who was a, a three, a top three round guy that a lot of the draft projected him as. And again, maybe that's because that's what he projects as. But um, I'll see. But yeah, do I think he plays the NFL? Yes. Um, but I need to see more from him. And again, he was on some awful lines, so it's hard to tell. But you know, the 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 scouts like him for a reason. But again, it was he wasn't such a sure thing that he stayed in the draft. Right. Okay. Agreed. Um, now, uh, let's see here. Uh, Jacob Cowing. Yes. Although I think he's a later guy than his number will suggest because of his size. And he's for a guy, his size, he's not a burner. He's not a pure burner. What's so different I, about him than Dennis Northcutt? Probably three tenths of a second. And, right, North, fair enough. and Northcutt was a big physical. He was physical for his size. We, but we do agree he's an NFL player, probably, but probably somewhere in that fourth round, somewhere in that mix. Four to six, yeah. Four to six. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Then we've got uh, Jacob. All right, we've got all those guys. And again, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what exactly happens there. Do you view Jaden Dolores? I don't view Jaden Dolores as an NFL quarterback. I think he's a good college quarterback. What say you? No. Uh, too right. small. Uh, not an elite decision maker. Now, can he can he change that? Yes, but again. It's it's a it's a different it's just a different game. I mean, it's it's he's a college quarterback to me. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. We're gonna sign off here. I'll give you another guy who I think has a shot. Tanner McLaughlin. Tanner McLaughlin. Um he has to show a lot more because we've seen really good tight ends in Arizona not get drafted, and we've also seen one be one of the top three tight ends of all time. Um, but I think he with his size, his hands, he has a chance to be a guy who can play his way into at least at the very least NFL camp. But, um, and there's other guys who have ability, but we have, we haven't seen enough, you know, I mean, when you're talking about Burnett and you're talking about uh, green and you're talking about those two, six, you know, big corners. um, There's a lot to like, there's a lot to like. So uh, there's a lot of guys. And that's one thing I will give Jed credit for. He's bringing in guys who look, the size of NFL athletes and he's bringing in guys with some raw talent. If you look at his transfers, he's got kind of two things. Either he's bringing in guys who've underachieved, but were five and four star ability flow, for example, or he's bringing in guys who are, are really athletic um, right. for their position. And I look at a guy like Patu who did not put up big numbers last year. Um, but it's got good size, got has good mobility for 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 that kind of uh D and outside linebacker. And you think you can mold him. And 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 you've seen Arizona do that with some of these corners, you know, these big corners, um, with some of these you know, speedy receivers. So there's there's a formula there, and it's fine guys with athleticism and size who you can then try to develop. All right, Brad, are you gonna be giving the people what they want, or are there gonna be more podcasts? Yeah, of course, you know, I record the one, I say I'm back, and then I get the 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 baseball to the face, and I get the – and the thing that was bad, I had a root canal again. I couldn't talk for a week. Right. Um, was in really bad pain. The face was fine, the tooth, but hoping to get something recorded, maybe even sneak in there and record something today. Okay. Sounds like a plan, Brad. Uh, Brad Alice, 
I am Mike Luke, Jacob Franklin behind the scene, who is camera shy, but you know what? We'll deal with it. We're going to be back with you tomorrow at 5.30. Brad may or may not be able to make a guest appearance there, talking Carter Bryant. But for Brad Alice, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. <laughs>